right. Thank you, Judy. Wow. That was great. All right. Well, I just want to introduce myself. My name is Steve Abbott. Some of you may or may not know me. <laughs> and, uh, welcome. I know. Thank you. Uh, I'm actually the, 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 lead, uh, the lead pastor here at this church. I know we've been gone for six weeks, but it's good to be back. So I just want to say thank you and, uh, and welcome, welcome home, Pastor Steve. All right. <laughs> Hey, uh, I do want to say a big thank you, though, to, to so many people that have filled in so amazingly over these last six weeks. Well, Shannon, we just uh, highlighted you on your birthday. I want to say thank you. But all of the deacons and the sound people and just so many people just stepping up. And, and I really felt like, um, like God was... Uh, hmm. The kingdom isn't really about the pastors. The pastors are there to help equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And sometimes if the pastor steps away, everybody else kind of steps up. And I, I just really felt like even watching on Facebook in different times that, that so many people were stepping in and, and doing just amazing things. And I, I just want to commend you and the leadership of this church and all of the people that were involved in, in that this, uh, uh, these last few weeks. I want to say let's, let's keep going. Amen. And let's keep doing what God has called us to do. It's really fun. Uh, this is my wife, Jody, too, by the way. Here she is. And uh, she, she, she stayed with us the, the whole six weeks. We uh, want to take a little time this morning. <laughs> I didn't lose you. Right? I need my own microphone. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> you, put, you put one on, too. I, I, to piggyback that, Miss Sue, I just want you to stop real quick. Miss Sue stayed at our house majority of the time, and she took care of our little fur babies and um, we were affected by the flooding in the sense that our basement flooded and I was in um, some state far away and there was nothing I could do about it except say I'm so sorry Miss Sue I'm so sorry and she was like no problem I'm shop vacuuming I'm cleaning it up and we didn't realize the devastation of the whole gurney area um, really uh, we just, you know, we're focused on like our house is flooded and we're not there to clean it up. And Miss Sue um, did it. So we just wanted, and Andrew came over and helped. And um, Charlotte um, he mowed my yard. It, it was, it, you know, I, just different people that just stepped up for the abbots, not even, I mean, we represent the church, but just stepped up for the abbots. And I want you to know that I, I want to be that person always in your life also because you, I'm in awe of you. I am. I think that you guys are amazing and that um, if you weren't praying for us, then you were, um, you were doing something, and we just felt it the whole time. So. Awesome. Oh. <laughs> awesome. It's good. We're in this thing together. We've said that from the beginning, so it just feels good to, uh, to actually walk that out and, and to be a part of that. So thanks. Hey, this morning we want to, well, actually I want to do one thing before we get started. Um, I heard the river was on the rise again. Is Grand Avenue, is that open or shut? Or, it is open. Does anybody know uh, Gurney Community Church? How are they doing this morning? Are they? There was. Okay. That's good. I just want to bless them this morning as we get going. They've had a really rough road here, man, the last little bit. And uh, let's just lift them up and bless that church because they're doing a great work here in Gurney. And uh, I just want to bless them and all the favor and resources they need to get everything back together with the church and the prayer room and everything. Can we just do that for a second this morning? So, Lord, we just bless right now. We bless what you're doing in Gurney. And we bless Gurney Community Church right now. 
Father, I pray for all of the leadership and the staff and the pastors and those that have worked so hard to protect what you've given them from the, the rains and the floods and all that. And Lord, I just speak blessing over them today. I pray, God, that they would have all the resources they need at their disposal to clean up whatever mess there is and, and also to move forward in the agenda that you have for them. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bless them today as they're meeting and as they're, as they're, as they're coming together, Father, and, and just trying to look see what the future looks like. Father, I just speak prosperity. I speak wholeness. I speak blessing into that congregation this morning. And Father, those that have been affected so much by this flood, I just pray that, that miracles will begin to happen in ways that are so unexpected and so unseen, Father, because that's the God that you are, and you want to do these things in your people. And so we just bless that church and all of those people that call that place home. In Jesus' name, amen. So when you drive by that church, just bless it. Or you know what I'm saying? Like as you're driving by, just bless them. And, and, uh, and what? I'm hot? Did you just say that? Oh, the mic is hot. Okay. Come on, guys. Work with me here a little bit this morning. She gets it. Come on. <laughs> okay, so just bring this down just a little bit. Okay. Hey, one of the things we wanted to do was to just share our story a little bit of the last few weeks. Uh, and... I think we shared some about the RV thing before we left, right? Okay, we'll start from the beginning. Well, uh, we had <clears throat> decided back a couple months ago to to uh, listen to some of those spiritual um, elders that we have in our lives, people that speak life into us, uh, Ian and Rachel, Carol in particular, and uh, they really felt like God was highlighting us to take a break, to, to take a sabbatical. For those of you who don't know what a sabbatical is, it actually is just a time for uh, a ministry uh, shift, if you will. You, you, you get away from what you normally do, and you go and you and you you go to a different location or a different place, and you try to hear from God, get refreshed, and all those kind of things. And so we felt like that was what God wanted to do, and so He began to open some doors for us. Uh, we had a through Judy Knox and her connections in Colorado, some friends of hers have just bought a ranch, uh, a ministry kind of getaway place that works uh, uh, with some of the students from Andrew Womack Ministry, and but also just other groups. And they had just bought it, I think, in January, right? And uh, anyway, we got connected through them, and we ended up being uh, uh, setting aside a little over three weeks, supposed to be four weeks, we ended up being three weeks, at this ranch, just, and um, we'll talk a little bit about them in a second here, but the, the, God began to open some doors for us. Well, one of the things we decided to do, because the money was, you know, it's pretty expensive to take a road trip with six people and get to places and hotels and all that, so we felt like God wanted, uh, we felt like we were supposed to take an RV. What? Okay. I get the feeling my wife wants to tell us part of the story, so I'm going to let her take over. I just tell it so much better. better. Um, <laughs> no, not really. But <laughs> we bring me my water. We, um, we, I, I remember um, looking at RVs, and we went to the 94, uh, Highway 94 RV rental place, and we walked on their property immediately and went, there's no way we're going to be able to afford to rent an RV. They usually go for 150 to 200 a night, and we were going to be gone 42 nights. So if you do the math, it's about 7,000. And we're like, I, you know what, I can just um, not do that. So 
while we were walking through this place, looking out at all the, the, the really, oh great, now it's going to fizz. Um, looking at all the really nice RVs and stuff. I just started proclaiming. I just walking through going, mama wants an RV. And I felt a little stupid doing that. Like, who am I to say that? But we just kind of got it set and we started praying towards that direction. So we ended up getting, finding an RV that was really cheap. And some of you heard this part of the story, so we'll make it quick. But uh, it was a very inexpensive, but it was an older thing, but it had a lot of problems with it. You know, generator wasn't working, and it only had three wheels. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, but it really wasn't the greatest. But we thought, okay, you know what, we'll make it work. And, you know, we're kind of a can-do couple. And, and uh, got down to two days, two or three days before we were to leave. And the guy calls me up and says, listen, I, I can't do it. Uh, you, you don't get the RV. <laughs> and we're like, uh, of course, I don't know. Some of you know me better than others. But if I'm going to do something, I, I plan out. You know, So I had planned out the route, what days, where we were going to be, what we were going to do, you know, the Colorado thing and all that. And to have this whole thing just jerk you know, out from underneath us, that was really difficult. So we began to pray. And, uh, no. No, we didn't begin to pray. We began. We sat in stunned silence for a good two hours. We did. We didn't. I mean, it's like I can't even be mad at God because I don't think. I, I mean, I. What's going on? Are we not supposed to go? Are we? Or, you know, whatnot. Um, this guy had also taken our money. He. We'd already paid for the RV, so he'd taken all of our money, and. Um, so here we are. We don't even have the money to replace it with a, some, a, you know, Plan B. And so we're scrapping together. Like maybe we'll just go in our minivan and and it'll be fine. And the next morning, Rachel Carroll, our a spiritual um, covering, uh, spiritual mama, she texted me and she's like, I, "I've got you on my heart. How are you doing today?" And I said, "Well." It's probably I'm just I'm just in shock. Um, I had put it. I normally do not put very personal things on Facebook. I'd rather let people laugh and put silly things or little anecdotes about our family. But this one, I actually I went to Facebook and I'm like, you guys need to pray. I need justice. I need my money back, and I need it now. And I need um, this guy to to do the right thing. And we need an RV. So Rachel, not even 12 hours, uh, 15 hours later, Rachel Carroll texts, and she's like, so how are you doing? And I just, I explained the situation. She said, well, then I'm praying right now. And as she's praying, um, can I say the name? Ron Adair, I don't know if you know him, maybe you do. Um, he's, he's, he actually came to Christ under my father-in-law, he and his wife, um, just lovers of Jesus. He's, he's, he's local, he lives in Zion. And um, he, I don't know, I've met him one time, but we're friends on Facebook because of mutual friends and all that. And so he, this is all the message said, come and get my RV. It only sleeps five, so you will have to have someone in there illegally. I'm like, I don't mind illegal immigrants this one time. I will, I'll deal with it. And that's what he said, come and get it. And I'm like, okay, but how much? No, don't worry about it. Just come get my RV. We're like, uh, he, he, he had not slept well. He had fallen back asleep that morning. And I went and I jumped on him. And I'm like, 
<laughs> I did. I jumped on him. As I'm telling him that Ron Adair is saying, come get the RV, the company that we'd gone through to rent the, RV, the other RV contacted me and said, um, we're going to give you back all your money right now, and we'll go after the guy. You don't have to worry about it. So within... So all this is happening. Ron is, Ron is messaging me. Rachel Carroll's praying with me. The RV companies tell, I mean, this is all within 30 minutes. And I'm like, there's no way you get to sleep right now. So I woke him up. I'm like, it's a go. We're going to go. And it was, it was, it was one of those moments. And that's it. And that's it. It's one of those moments where you're like, you know what, God, if you don't come through on this one, I don't know where I'm going to be with you. I don't know where, I don't know, I don't know how I'm going to feel about you, God. And it's not that I was so weak in my faith, but it was just such a big deal. Because when you get these prophetic words over and over, and you've got people sponsoring you, and we did a fundraiser, and people were giving money, and all these anticipation, and I've got four kids looking at us going, we're not getting, we don't get to go? And we got all this going on. You're sitting here going, God, you better come through. You have to come through. If not, then is everything a lie? Has every word been spoken to us a lie? And so <laughs> I ran across this picture the other day, and I, I really felt like this kind of sums up Jesus with us. Like, like when we're all upset and worked out and everything, he's kind of, yeah, I totally got this. Don't worry. About it. Like, don't you see the look on his face right there? It's almost like this kind of joy. And, and of course, he's not putting us through all this on purpose. But I do think he likes to be our Savior, not just for our souls, but to, yeah. to really save us in these times. And I, it would behoove us, I think, and I know some of you are going through some rough times right now. Just look at that picture. That's, that's a, I got this face right there, isn't it? Doesn't, isn't he just saying, I got this? And I just want to encourage you, if you're going through a rough time right now, that God really knows exactly where you are. And I've been reading in Exodus, I want to share a little bit later, but not right now, but the story of Exodus and the children of Israel, and they're in bondage. And one of the things that God keeps saying to Moses is, I hear the cries of my people, and I know exactly where they are. And I really feel like there are times in our lives where we let our anxiety and our stress get ahead of us a little bit. I, I will say this, that sometimes the, the badness of, you know, the difficult times... You just kind of sit back and go like, what? <laughs> you know, like that was what we were. We were just like, what? We didn't even, I didn't even have time to be anxious, and God already fixed the problem. You know what I'm saying? Like I went back to sleep knowing, okay, I can't do anything about this, God. You're good. And she actually said this, God, you're going to have to do this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I said... <laughs> I said, um, there, I said, God, there is absolutely nothing because I'm a, I'm a door kicker. I'm a get it done, get it done at, at, you know, however possible, not illegal means, but mostly just get it done. And I, there was nothing I could do. I mean, absolutely nothing. And it was just my ability, my administrative qualities were stripped away for that moment. And it was, it, it, it left me feeling vulnerable, very vulnerable. Like, so not only, God, did you take away my thinking, my rationale at that moment, not only not that he took it away, but that the sabbatical has been taken away, the RV, our money has all been taken away, but um, you've also taken away my ability, which normally is what makes me go. Now, I, what am I? 
who am I? Do you, you know, do you even love me? And if you did, why did we have to walk through this? So people on Facebook were like a gasp and you should call the cops and go after this guy and all of that. And I'm huge on justice, you guys. It's part of the prophetic realm, uh, black white. There's no gray area. There's a, it's the right thing or it's the wrong thing. And so I'm huge on justice. And people were like, you should go to the cops. And you, and the, um, you should, someone said, you know, you should call the local news channel and they'll pick it up and maybe blessings and all that. But one of um, a sweet friend of mine said, all she said was, I can't wait to see what God has in exchange for you. Because a void will always be filled you know, um, when the river rises, if there's holes and cracks and leaks, a void will always be filled. So when something's taken out of your life, it's going to get filled up. And we get to partner with God and how that's being filled up. So this void is in our life. And this woman says, I can't wait to see what God's got in exchange. We went from a 1998 piece of junk. My mother-in-law literally was in tears with her spirit being upset of sending her grandbabies in this RV. And she didn't share it with us, the first RV. She, it it, it had so many problems. The refrigerator wasn't going to work, but we'll fix it and this and that. And, oh, yeah, the blinkers are intermittent. And (laughs) I seriously, we was there not, we we giggle now. (laughs) In retrospect, uh, God saved us. Big time. We would have been stuck on the side of the road somewhere going, okay, now what do we do? Um, he exchanged a 1998 for 2014 RV, um, 5,000 miles on it. Um, he exchanged the worry of finance and anxiety. He, he became the great administrator. And he, had, he ministered, he administrated my life. And it showed me just for a season there that I, I cannot do everything. And at that point, I was to do nothing and just let God take the Lord. And God is telling you to do exactly the same thing. He's telling you to quit trying to solve the problem and just let him handle it. And uh, it's the hardest thing to do. I, <laughs> that is so true. It is one of the hardest things we ever have to do is let go. You've heard the phrase, let go and let God, that... That, I think there are some of you at a place like that this morning that God is actually telling you, um, you need to keep your hands off this one. Let me, let me do my thing, I think is what I hear God saying to you. And uh, just close your eyes for a second. And uh, if that's you, I want you just to raise your hand. I don't know, just bless you and pray over you right now. Yeah, it seems like there's several, a lot, lot of us. So just lift your hand high. Because here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to lift it high in declaration today. And as I declare over you, I'm going to declare peace over you right now. Lord, I declare peace over your children. There are times in our lives where it's hard to see that you're a good father because we tend to focus on the situation. And so, Lord, right now, with our hands upraised, we take our eyes off of the problem. We take our eyes off of the circumstance and the situation. And we purposely lift our hands to you. We purposely lift our hand right now to say, God, I'm going to stop worrying and being anxious about this situation. And I speak your life into it right now. I speak your joy, your peace, that picture, that face that we saw of you, Lord, just smiling. And Lord, you are the almighty creator 
of heaven and of earth and over every situation. And I declare that provision and that peace over your people right now as we just let go, as we let go. Let this week be a week of pronounced change right now in the situation and in our lives. And as we choose you, God, we choose not our own action and our own ways, but we choose you, and we trust you today. Can you just say that to him? Say, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. Do you know that trust really is the root word of faith? Did you guys know that? Like, really, if you take faith and break it down, it's trust. And I love that God doesn't kid around with us. He's not messing around. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not playing games with us. He's not. He's not playing games with us. But it is, you know, you've heard the phrase, a walk of faith. Well, that's just a walk of trust is all that is. And I will tell you that it doesn't ever stop. (laughs) You're like, thanks a lot, Pastor Stephen. (laughs) No, I'm serious. It never stops because here's the thing. Just as my children trust me as their father and, and their mother, you know, I had this thought as we were driving so many times, this RV that we're driving, how many times did I... You know, did the air conditioner work and the generator work and the refrigerator work? And, and how many times were we able to take this 23-footer into places that that 33-whatever-footer would never have made it? And I kept saying, God, oh, you're so smart. You know so much more than me. <laughs> and here's the thing. He doesn't know just a little bit more than me. He knows a lot more than me. You know, and just about the time I think I got it figured out, nope, I got to trust him some more in another situation. And what that does is it builds our character. It actually builds our integrity. Right? Because here's the deal. I'm going to start preaching now. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> it builds our character and our integrity. Why? Why does God want to do that in our lives? Because he wants to give you more. And unless the foundation is secure in your life to be able to handle the more, he's not going to give you more. So every time we get into an anxious, troubling situation, it's actually God saying, listen, you, you know, like when you lift weights, you know, what, what is lifting weights? Like if you want to make big muscles, do you know what it is? You're actually tearing down your existing muscles so that new muscles can come bigger and stronger. Well, that's all that God is doing in us. When we go through these difficult times, he's literally building us up to the place where we can handle the more he wants to give us. And it is really important that we understand that because if you don't understand that he actually has a purpose through your pain, then you're going to be angry at God and you're going to raise your fist to heaven and you're going to say, why God? Why is this happening? And you're going to live in perpetual yeah, frustration. You can fill in the blank with a lot of words here. Frustration. You will always live in lack. You will always live in a place of less instead of more. And I just want to encourage you, like, this is the thing that we've had to go through. And it hasn't been an easy trip. There's a lot, you know, we've had some difficulties and some things that have happened. And uh, I keep thinking, God, you trust me enough with the pain and the different difficulties because you know that, you, that I'm going to come through and trust you. And then you get to give me more. Not necessarily more pain than that, but more of the good things of the kingdom. Amen? 
And so I just want to encourage you, don't get frustrated. Don't, I think Bill Johnson says this, or maybe it's Chris Valentin. I'm not sure which one of the two. He says, don't waste your pain. Don't waste it. That's a good word right there, isn't it? Right? Don't waste your pain. Don't waste your pain. Because this, all of us are going to have pain. We're all going to have trials. We're all going to have stuff. But what do I do with it? That's what determines my character and my integrity. And so I just want to challenge you. Some of you that are in these rough places, don't waste it. Turn to God. Say, Lord, I trust you no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. The night that the men found out about that, it was, it was our night, Tuesday night. When we found out about it, Jody told us, she let us know. Daniel Golden got up right in front of us men. Chris was here. Joe was here. There were a few, uh, Andrew was here. There were a few others that were here. And we prayed, God, you've got something better. You, they didn't get that, but you have something better. And the next day, you guys found out about it. That's really awesome. And that's the thing. We have to trust that he's good and it's going to be, it's going to get better. Amen. So we, he, he's got so many pictures. We, we stopped at some key places along the way and just, we, we just wanted to, oh, you're kidding me, right? Shush. Um, we, we stopped at some key places and we just, we, one of the catchphrases we're huge on, um, our little phrases is, um, we're going to make memories one way or another. They're either going to be good or they're going to be bad. So let's make good memories. So we, we tried. And I want you guys to know that um, I wasn't the best at that. I was out of my comfort zone 100%. You take me out of my house. You put me in this RV. I don't care if it's brand spanking new right off of the line. I am a home person. Okay, I'm not a, let's go see the world and travel and all that. I love being at home. So I was really struggling with that. But then the greatest thing happened, we're traveling, and all of a sudden Steve's like, hey, are your ears popping? And the kids are like, yeah. He's, and he said, we're climbing the mountains into Colorado. And all of a sudden I went, I'm going to be sick. And I got so sick. And for three weeks, I had altitude sickness. Now, that, it's a real thing. It was absolutely horrible. Steve would, uh, my kids acclimated. They got there, and they're like, yep, can't breathe. Uh, okay, we're good. And Steve was like, let's go on a hike, a three-mile hike uphill all the way. And I'm going, I can't make it to the shower. I really could not breathe. I had two oxygen tanks that I was sucking oxygen on and drinking water. Portable. I mean, not like a big tank. I had portable. Um, they sell them at Walmart for people such as I. And I was just miserable. And you know what? I was, I, I want to be honest with you. I was, um, I, I, I felt defeated. And a lady, a sweet lady, one of the pastors at the ranch we went to, she came to me on that first day and she said, I feel like I need to tell you that you're going to have to fight for this sabbatical. You're going to have to fight for it. And I'm going, I don't want to fight. I just want it to be easy. You know, about that time, we got uh, Facebook. We had no internet, no phone. We couldn't make phone calls. Very, very, very spotty. And um, all of a sudden, we get a Facebook message from Shannon saying that one of our dear um, parishioners had passed away. And 
or I mean, we'd been gone two days. So we're thinking we, we got to go back home. The same day, Scott, um, Bob, Pastor Abbott was calling Steve to say, hey, your brother's not doing well. He's, in the, he's going into the hospital, and it doesn't look very good for him. Well, then we've got to go to Minnesota. We've got to go. We've got to go and do this and that. And this woman said, you're going to have to fight for this sabbatical. And so we did. We just sat down, and we said, "This God, you called us to it, and it's going to be hard. Riding with four kids, two teenagers, two preteens, and um, this hunk of a man, it was extremely, extremely hard um, to maintain my religion. So <laughs> I lost it several times. <laughs> so um, with, you see right here, uh, it's a picture of this, this ranch that we went to. Now I've got to tell you, this, we, didn't, we didn't know the owners of this ranch, but they had been anticipating us with such excitement that when we pulled up, he, the owner was standing right under the, the um, overhang with tears. He was excited about us. And, you know, we were excited to be there, but he was excited about us. And he was like, this is, this is what we're here to do. This is what we, we wanted to do is to host pastors. And you're our first set that, that are using us for this. And he was, he was just amazing. And it, it, I don't know. I, I'm out of words. We, uh, you know, we'd never taken a sabbatical before. I'd never taken a, an extended break. We've had some vacations and different things over the years. And so I uh, didn't know what to expect. And so we pull up and this guy is there. And do you ever meet those people that you meet them and you want to hug them? Yeah. Is this him, right? And the whole family, actually. And they were so excited for us. They wanted us to come and just relax. And, of course, you know, we won't go into all of it, but it's called the uh, uh, Christ, Haven. Christ Haven Lodge is the name of the place. And then they are called Dawn of Hope Ministries that they do. And it just was beautiful. I want to show you this Every morning when I would get up and uh, I would get up and I would, I would what we call sabbat. This is Pike's Peak. Literally, I would look out at Pike's Peak every morning when I woke up, or when I got out on the deck and, or at the table and do my thing. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could, I could do this. Except for her, she was struggling so much with the altitude. I didn't know altitude sickness was a thing. Did you guys know this? It's a huge thing. And it took us several weeks. They kept saying, drink water, drink water, drink water. You know, like, and so we're drinking water, like seriously, gallons of it every day trying to adjust. And, and uh, we, I and the kids did a little bit better than Jody. But just the, the sheer awesomeness. Here's the other thing. There's no mosquitoes in the mountains. None. It was, I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. There was no bugs, hardly any bugs. There's no mosquitoes, no humidity. Yeah, the mosquitoes have altitude sickness. But, um, but so it was great. I, I would go and sabbat in the morning. And I would try to. And she would try to. And then we'd send the kids out to muck the horse stalls and the horse manure. So that was great. 
the kids are like, this is our sabbatical too. And we're like, um, you haven't done anything in your life. You have no employment opportunities. You are going to go and just scoop horse poop every single day from 9 to noon or 9 to 11 or whatever. And at first, the first day, I mean, four beautiful horses. The first day, they were like, that's not so bad. Three weeks, oh, mom, please don't make us go. And at this point, I'm just like, I don't I don't even, I, I don't care, but horses, um, the, the, this, this ranch had four horses, and the, this couple and their pastors there, um, they just were like, whatever you need. I mean, down to the littlest thing, like I, just, I needed a bowl, and they stocked the kitchen. The day that we were going to get there, they were going to the grocery store to have groceries in the refrigerator for us to be there. And their car broke down on the side of the road, and so they had to have their car towed. And so he got in his other truck to go get us groceries, and that one broke down on the side of the road. He had to get that one towed back. So he gave up on groceries for us, but which is fine because we, we had groceries. That, that's, they were just so weird willing to bless us that it's, it was a testimony of just when Jesus wants to use you, let him. It's life-changing. Ron Adair changed our life. He changed our life because Jesus had changed his life. Um, Mark and Kim own the ranch. They changed our life. Uh, the people that surrounded us out there, they, I didn't let it on. I just didn't show up to things because I really could not, um, I couldn't breathe. I, I, I felt like I had a corset and I couldn't take a deep breath and um, I couldn't breathe the whole time we were there. And I really tried, I felt defeated in the sense that I was going to ride horses and I'm going to go on all the six, 600 acres of trail ride, you know. I did get up on a horse. That's, you. That's me. Are you... No pictures of me, please. Um, I, I did get up on a horse, and then I was afraid I'd hurt the horse, so I got off the horse. Um, and Steve, but here's the thing. Steve and I are together all the time. Kids are out mucking the, mucking the poo. Um, Steve got to just go off on rides, like just go and just go ride up a mountain and, and down a mountain and got to do stuff. We got to experience stuff that um, because some, someone said yes to the things of the Lord, um, it, it affected us, and it was so kind. we got to hurry up. That's, that's a child. That's the horse. This was my horse. <laughs> that, that was Steve's horse. <laughs> we did better than that most of the time. We just did. A lot of hiking. We did some hiking. Uh, sorry. Uh, I did a little more hiking just simply because I was up for it, and the girls and I did a lot of that kind of stuff. And uh, this was me most mornings. And uh, you can see Pikes Peak off in the distance there. And a couple of times, uh, a few times, the kids would actually ask to come be with me to, you know, sabbat after they finished with the horses. And Susie or Sally came out a few days and you know, that's just a good picture right there, right? <laughs> She's just going after God. And so it was just uh, three weeks of, of awesome, you know, uh, some, some trouble. A lot of times when God gives us things, it, it's not, you know, it doesn't come with a soundtrack all the time. Sometimes you do have to fight. Well, okay, not that I'm going to get all preachy again, but in Hebrews it actually says, the, the phrase is to fight for rest. To fight for rest. Like, like you and I both know in almost all of our lives, 
rest does not come easy. Except Sunday afternoons when you take your nap. Then you, that's, you know. But even then we carve it out, right? So I would just encourage you, you know, uh, fight for rest. So we, we fought for rest, and it was, it was great. We, we don't have to go through all of this. But we just, I had a bunch of pictures. I wanted to show you guys some stuff. We caught our first trout ever. This was really fun. They have a lake that they stock with trout at the ranch there. And so I caught the first one. I think Sydney caught the next one. Everybody... Even Sally got one. Sam was getting skunked by his sisters the whole time. Is Sam in here? Does Sam go? It was so bad. He's the only one that wants to fish, and all his sisters are catching fish, and he's not catching any. So we bought him a hat. He finally caught a fish. Um, let's see. Okay, so it was, you know, restful in the fact that um, once again everything was taken away I didn't have internet I couldn't contact Shannon every six minutes to see how the school was going I couldn't do any of that and I really I um, I didn't have to fight as hard for rest because naturally my body just had to do that just to breathe so there's a lot of um, I I can look back now hindsight and say God I see what you did there (laughs) I see what you did if I'd had access to my phone and the computer and and to this and that I wouldn't have slowed down at all I'm a work I I like to work I like to be busy Um, and so that's a rainbow we uh, God did he gave us a couple of rainbows one of the things that we wanted to see was wildlife you know so I mean, every day we'd see deer coming in and out. Judy, yeah, Judy saw, I, I hope it was not this one, but those of you who know Judy, she had an up close and personal with uh, some of the local uh, wildlife. Uh, when she was there, actually, Judy went to the same exact uh, ranch we were at, uh, and she knows those people. Um, just a, lo- a lot of good things. We don't have time to share all of it, but we ended up, um, well, yeah, and here's was the inside you know, Sam had to sleep on the floor, and we were all pretty tight on the days we were in the RV. Uh, we did three weeks in Colorado, and then we decided to take a swing, you know, back through some of the spots in the U.S. Uh, west, and on our way back. And so uh, this is Four Corners. This is the Grand Canyon. This is us at the Grand Canyon. This is Susie. How many of you know Susie? She likes to do cartwheels. I swear to you, she did a cartwheel on the rim of the Grand Canyon, and we almost lost her off the edge. I'm like, what in the world? She's just like, she's so excited she did a cartwheel, and we're all like, ah! So, Susie lived on the edge this trip, I will say that. Sam turned 16 while we were on our our trip. He's a 16-year-old now, and uh, we're real proud of him. Uh, Don't go to Las Vegas. Ever. Don't take your kids to Las Vegas. Don't go to Las Vegas. Just avoid it at all costs. Can I tell them? <laughs> okay, so Las Vegas, I've never seen it. And he, it was like 110 degrees there during the day. And I said, let's go at night and so we can see the lights. I want to see the, the Bellagio, the lights. We saw a lot of things. And we spent 45 minutes on the strip, and 40 of those were trying to get off the strip, trying to get out of there. And I've got to tell you, I absolutely love the atmosphere my kids live in, um, in the sense that Sam 
uh, Sam, his discernment, his, his radar was like, Dad, this isn't good. Dad, Dad, why did you bring me here, Dad? Dad, I can't look anywhere. I can't look up. I can't, can't look down. I can't. He was honestly, he was just like, Dad, just get me out of here. And at one point, <laughs> we knew we were in trouble when Sally looks over and she goes, I don't think those are police women. They're spanking people. Okay, we're getting off the strip. <laughs> We've got to go. There's, um, so don't, that's all we got to tell you. That was not relaxing. That was not awesome. That was me going, oh my word. We, he he met Trump. So yeah, that was, that was great. Keep going. So we just did kind of a swing around. We did Death Valley. It was a hundred, it was 124 in Death Valley the day we were there. And we were going to go, we were going to go with an RV with no air conditioning. Yeah. The original RV, no AC. So that was a poor decision. We almost died in eight minutes, and that was awesome. Uh, we just, we the did. Pastors of disaster. <laughs> pastors of disaster. We just made a swing. We went through Sequoia on our way up to, uh, uh, well, this was a fun day. Um, Susie is here with us. Susie has a zest for life, and she really enjoys doing things. And we wanted to go. We saw this river next to the road up to, into Sequoia uh, National Park. And it was this huge river raging, a lot of rapids, really cool. And we thought, this would be fun. And so I was looking for a place that we could park the RV on the side of the road and then walk down to the river. So we did. And um, uh, we got down these rocks down to this spot by the river. And it was kind of a flat rock kind of going down into the river. I thought, this would be great. We'll be able to just kind of put our toes in. Well, I don't know if you know this. Sometimes rocks that are flat and like that, they're slippery. I don't know if you knew this or not. But uh, so all of a sudden, we're all there. And I said, guys, take your flip-flops off so we don't lose them. And kind of we'll just kind of ease our butts down into the river. And you're like, I'm not kidding you. All of a sudden, Susie goes, and she starts sliding down into the, to the river. And she's going, daddy, 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 daddy. And so she's screaming. And Super Sam, man, I'm telling you, dun, 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 he goes in and he grabbed her by the hand and pulls her out of the river. I'm like, wow. She almost catapulted over the Grand Canyon, and she almost went into the rapids. I got to keep an eye on you, sweet girl. So uh, we still we brought back all four kids, so that was important. And this was her about dead after the river thing. Uh, there's really big trees out there, yeah. And uh, Yosemite. We just want to document that we did take four kids and we did bring back four kids because there was some days that I was ready to open the RV door and kick one out, <laughs> going 80 miles an hour up a mountain. So that's, you did that. <laughs> oh, we, we did San Francisco. Uh, we saw whales mating. So that was fun. Um, we, the kids got to play on the sewage pipe. That's always, that's always good fun. (laughs) Went to Chinatown. Steve ordered the duck and they like take it and chop it in front of you. And he, I know. (laughs) Did you ever see, uh, did you ever see Christmas story right at the end where the guy goes, that's what the guy did to my duck. And so, I mean, and the kids, you know, they're used to Panda Express. They're not used to Chinatown. You know what I'm saying? So Sam liked it. Jody was pretty good with it. As you can see, the, the younger two weren't too excited uh, until we got to Ghirardelli Square. Uh, then they were pretty, pretty Chocolate jazzed. Samples. Chocolate samples or whatever. That was, uh, that was good. Um, so let me wrap up. I want to do a couple of things as we close here. Just Wait, can I tell them the Mormon story? 
Uh, okay. Okay. So last story. This is probably the best Abbott story. This will go down in the history of all histories. Um, I don't know if you've met my Sally, but she is nine and she's pretty much the funniest little creature ever. So we get to Salt Lake City and I, we get into the town of Salt Lake City and my spirit goes, ew. You know, I'm like, I don't like this town. It's beautiful, but ugh. And Steve's like, you know, as long as we're here, I want to go by and see the Mormon Tabernacle. It's a big deal. So um, Sydney has Sydney was in not doing so well. So Sydney and I stayed behind. Steve took the two little girls and Sam to the Mormon Tabernacle. And they come back, and Sam was like, I hated it, Mom. I hated it. I don't want to go. I don't want his discernment. Like, he, he just was so sensitive to that. Well, Sally comes back and she goes, yeah, dad took us to a place where there's false religion. And she starts air quoting everything. She's like, yeah, she, she did. The girl, well, and she, and she was talking to people were like, Sally, you got to be quiet. You can't, there are people here that is false religion. And she, she was just telling everybody about, you know, and then I, at the tabernacle, there was a big brown spot of dirt. And she goes, yep. And this is where they buried Jesus out loud. And we're like, Sally, you're going to get us kicked out of Utah. And she's just, <laughs> she was just so, she was just, a, she, she made the trip a little better. Yeah, she, uh, but it's really interesting because even the kids got a sense that this is, this is weird. This isn't a, this isn't a God thing, even though it looks very religious. Uh, the angel Baroni, you know, on top, the angel Baloni up on top of the thing, you know. And uh, we walked, I walked through the whole different, like, what is a cult and what, what makes it a false religion and all that. Well, you know, Sally really took me to heart. So she's, it's false religion everywhere we went after that. It was pretty funny. But in a, anyway, so it was, a, it was a very informative trip. It was a good trip. But one of the things I felt like God really laid on my heart uh, was actually when I got back. And oftentimes when, you, uh, when we're doing things, and we'll, we'll close with this today, one of the things that um, I feel like, like anything, you know, there's really good and then there's, you know, things that aren't so good. So every trip has mystery and has challenges and has great rewards and all that stuff. So that was, that was our trip. We had a little bit of everything. And, uh, but really felt like, it, as you know, from the very beginning, God's hand was on it. I mean, with the whole RV thing and, and all of that. And then all along the way, uh, so many different times, you know, I was talking to uh, Tapio, and he was talking about how he had r- driven up to Pikes Peak, you know. Have you ever driven on mountain roads like that? I mean, it's a challenge. Well, we got a 23-footer, and I'm brr, you know, doing this thing all the way up. And there were so many times I just felt like God was just protecting us, and angels were around us. And so it was just great. It was, a, it was really, it was, a, it was a God thing. So great to be on the road, but great to be back. But when I got back, you know, you begin to try to put your life, if you will, back on track, you know, and some people say you need a vacation from your vacation. For us, uh, we I call that a sabbatication, you know, like so I did a lot of sabbating, but then also we just did some fun stuff. But one of the things when I got back, I really felt like, okay, God, how many of those times in your life when you're, you don't really know what God is doing? Anybody ever have this situation? Like you don't really know what he's doing, but there's an inherent sense a lot of times in just saying, God, I don't know what you're doing, 
but I'm going to trust you with whatever this is. So part of me, when I talked about going on a sabbatical and getting away, was, you know, it was going to be like the background was going to be the Alleluia Chorus and the, you know, the, the choir singing, oh, you know, and I was going to see beams from heaven and my devotional life was going to just be, you know, this, uh, this, this uh, thing I'd never experienced before. And, and uh, there was some good times, don't get me wrong, but it, it wasn't that, you know. I, I didn't have a Moses burning bush kind of thing. I didn't have that. And, uh, and I was like, God, why didn't I have a burning bush thing? Why, you know, because I went to all this, you know, we went to all this work to go and do all this stuff. Like what, what, you know, and again, my expectations were for something, but obviously God wanted to teach me something else. So even though I think I know what God should do in my life, how many of you know and you figured this out? He oftentimes knows way more <laughs> than what I think should happen in my life. He's way smarter. He's way smart, God. And so I got back home, and there was a, an email. I, uh, if you don't subscribe to the Elijah list on, on an email thing, I, I would encourage you to do so. It's a very prophetic, and there's a lot of prophetic words and stuff. And uh, I, I just love it. So I got an email from... Uh, a prophet that they were giving a word on this, on this, uh, you know, an email to all kinds of people. And I, I just started reading it, and it was, this lady was talking about going to the next level, that God was telling, God wanted to tell his people, us, that there was another level to go to. And it started to resonate in my spirit, and so I began to read this thing about going to the next level. And, and she was talking about that oftentimes, well, first of all, let me ask you this question. How many of you would like to go to the next level with God? Like, there's not anybody here that's going to say, no, I'm complacent and I'd like to stay right here. <laughs> you know, like there's nobody in our midst, really. I mean, if you come to this church, you pretty much know, you know, what you're getting into and what we're after. And so there's a, there's a corporate sense of us saying, God, I want to go to the next level. I'm not content to be who I am or who we are and all that. We, you know, we want a holy dissatisfaction, if you will, a sense of, of saying, God, there's more, and I want more from you. So this lady was talking about it in this, in this prophetic word, and she was saying that there's another level, and she was speaking to that hunger in all of us, but she said this. She said that there's, there has to be some changes to go to the next level. How many of you have ever experienced this? Like, if you really want to go to the next level, you have to change how you're doing some things on this level, Right? So in the natural, say things like, if you want to lose weight, right? Well, you can't keep eating pizza and cotton candy and whatever else, right? If you want to lose weight, you have to start adjusting your diet and your exercise and that kind of stuff, right? So same thing in the spirit realm. That we're not working for God's grace or favor, but there is a different way of doing things when we want to go to the next level. And so one of the challenges she, she really laid out in this was that if if, if you really want to go to the next level, you have to change how you're doing this level and how we're spending our time. And one of the things she talked about was to, to, uh, to go to the next level that God was saying, you're going to have to, to stop, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but to change the things that are distracting you. Distraction. That really, word really caught me because so oftentimes... We expect God to do something for us that we're not willing to do, if you will, our part of it, right? 
I've told you the story before. Sam and I were reading the book, Crossing a Switchblade, and it talks about the beginning about a pastor who, who gave God two hours of his night every night. He turned off the television, sold his television, and spent two hours with God every night. Instead of watching TV and the news and shows and whatever, he said, God, I'm going to give this time to you. And so basically we ended this amazing story, and we end up with Teen Challenge. Some of you know Teen Challenge and uh, all of that. And this, the idea that he changed how he did this level to get to the next level. So I was, talk, I was thinking about God, and I was asking him about this burning bush uh, situation, and I felt like God directed me to Moses. And so I just want to read you something, and I feel like this is for some people this morning. In Exodus chapter 3, um, here we go, let me pull it up for you. In Exodus chapter 3, uh, verse 1, and this is in the Amplified Version, it says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, Sinai, Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing flame of fire from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was on fire, yet it was not consumed. So, again, we see this story. If you want to go back and read about Moses, you can read Exodus 1 and 2 up to this point. But he's, you know, an amazing story to get to this point. But here he is, this man Moses. He's, he's tending sheep. He's been doing it for 40 years. He's kind of run away from his problems, and he's now herding sheep. And out of just one day, God just decides to show up. And there's, a, there's one thought here that I want to just encourage you that Sometimes our days go day to day to day to day, and we think, man, it's so monotonous. It's the same thing day after day and on and on, and it never changes. But there's a burning bush experience for you that God wants to give you, and you never know when it's going to happen, right? You never know when God's going to show up and do some amazing thing, right? And so Moses is that guy. He's, he's, he's not sure what's going on, and, and all of a sudden he has this experience where uh, this bush is burning, but it, it's not consumed. But this is the part that really struck me. It says in verse 3, So Moses said, I must turn away from the flock and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned up. See, in some versions of the Bible it, here it says and that he must turn away, and the idea is that he must turn towards the flame. But it's interesting that if you do a little study on this, it doesn't necessarily mean he turns towards the flame, but it means more that he turns away from the flock so he can go look at the flame. Do you understand the difference? Like in other words, in our lives, sometimes if we're going to look to God for something, we have to look away from something else. Are you with me? It's that next level kind of thing. That in other words, sometimes to see God, I have to do something about the distractions in my life. Now, I'm, like I have four kids and we were on the road for a long time, right? Some people think that's like herding cats. You've heard that phrase, you know, like kids and, oh, you know, travel and all that. And I was just thinking about Moses. He's probably got just hundreds of sheep and they're just all over. How many of you think a lot of sheep like that could be a distraction, right? And it's interesting. He says that Moses purpose in his mind to turn away from the flock and turn towards God. Okay? That's verse 3. So verse 4, it goes on and it says this. When the Lord saw that he turned away from the flock to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. 
And he said, here I am. It almost makes you wonder that God was waiting for Moses to turn away from something and turn to him before God spoke from the bush to tell Moses something and call him by name. And I felt like God was just putting it in my heart, and I want to just, it's for me, but I, I believe it's for some of us as well. There's a hunger and a desire in some of you to go to the next level, and I feel like God is calling you to say, listen, I need you to look away from some things and look to me. Because if we're not careful in the monotony and the mundaneness of our lives and just, you know, job, work, job, work, kids, you know, whatever, the whole thing, that it's very easy to fall into a sense of complacency, isn't it? And I believe in God and the siren call is saying, come to me, look away from the things that are distracting. And it may, it'll be different things for each of us. Sometimes it's like that was actually his job. So he had to look away, if you will, from his job for a while to look at God. He had to change his priorities just for a while. For some of us, I believe God is saying he wants you to turn off the TV. You know? Quit looking to Facebook and media and all these different things because, you know what? You're not going to find the answers to the next level on Facebook. (laughs) I know, it's a shock, right? And I'm not against Facebook. I'm not preaching against I'm, I'm not preaching against anything. Do you understand that? But I am saying this that if the hunger in our hearts is for something more that God I think is waiting for us. It's not just thing. He says God just waited for Moses to look away from the flock and look to him and that's when he heard his voice. Amen. That's a challenge for us. Why don't we stand this morning as we close? And I just encourage you to close your eyes this morning. Just close your eyes. And I'm going to just, I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to begin to show us some things this morning. Father, I just ask you right now by by your Holy Spirit to begin to speak some things into our heart. Lord, that perhaps even this morning you're challenging us and when we heard the words and the story of Moses and how he turned away from the flock and turned towards you, that there are some things in your life that you want to do in our life, that you want to do that in us. Yeah, I feel so strongly God calling. There's, there's some of you that he's calling to the next level in such a tangible way. And he's speaking to your mind right now and he's telling you, Let's change how we do this. Let's adjust our schedule. Let's change our priorities and what we look to for pleasure and what we look to for for, uh, filling our time. Hmm. I almost feel like God wants to tell you that you don't have anything to be afraid of that turning away from something and turning to Him doesn't have to be fearful. I feel like even as a father calls his children to Him, that He's calling you today. He's saying, come to me. Turn away from this other distraction and come to me. 
you feel God is speaking to you about something along those lines, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. Yeah. 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 That word distraction keeps coming to my mind. Like, like it's not necessarily bad. It's just a distraction. It's not necessarily sin. It's just distracting you. It's distracting you to the okay and the good away from the best. Distraction will take you from just okay in life. It'll take you away from the best and just mire you in mediocrity. So, Lord, with our hands raised right now, we say we want more. God, these, those that you're speaking to right now, Lord, I, I pray that you would begin to cement some things in our hearts and our minds that aren't, that aren't just for Sunday. They're not just for this moment. They're, they're like David Wilkerson type things, God, where t- turning the TV off or, or turning this other distraction off and turning towards you and how it not only has ramifications for us, but will have ramifications for, for this generation and the next generation and beyond. Father, like Moses, you want to take us from a place of just watching sheep and being in the wilderness to a place of deliverance and the supernatural and intimacy with you. So God, I speak life over our, our, our dreams and our thoughts this day. Father, I speak life over your prompting of you, Holy Spirit, in our hearts that what you are speaking to us will not only change us, but will change the world around us. Let me say yes to that. That's your prayer. Just say yes. Yes. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All God's people said. Amen. That's good. That's good. So I just release Holy Spirit to go with you. And uh, to, I know he's with you already, but but that there will be a, a, a sense of awareness of the things that he spoke to you today will carry over with you into this afternoon, this evening, and this week. Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, last week for Judy's group, this is the last week, right? This coming next, okay, next week. And uh, don't forget, uh, uh, that's going to be here, right? Okay? So the Judy's group is going to be here at the church, not her home, uh, this week. Men's group is on. And uh, also just want to, on the website and in the, some of the announcements, we're going to be having an amazing uh, time with Ian Carroll and some of his team coming up the beginning, well, kind of midway through August. I want to just encourage you, uh, don't miss it. All right? Put it on your calendar, and uh, let's just let's keep moving forward with what God has for us. Amen? One last thing. I want you to turn to the person next to you, and I want you to bless them. And not just bless them in a nice word. I want you to just see if God has a word for them from you and speak his words and prophesy over them as you go. Amen? In Jesus' name, be blessed.